The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Always follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Here we go. It is Follow the Money on VSIN, the sports betting network. Mitch Moss along with Polly Howard as we are live as always in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort or Casino. And this show is brought to you by DraftKings. We are loaded to the gills on the program over the next three hours. Tony Rizzo will join us, legend in Cleveland. We'll talk about the Browns-Jets with uh, him at that time, Paulie. And the number is 7.5 tonight. So money on the Browns the entire week. Uh, They are going to be very popular, one would think, with two-team six-point teasers or other exotics like that on the season. The total has been coming down. It's now between 34 and a half and 35. I will ask you this. Is there any way we get a little Joe Flacco regression tonight? Do we get a little glimpse of what Brock Purdy did against the Ravens' pass defense on Monday night? I don't think from a yard standpoint. He's turned the ball over. Uh, he has seven interceptions. But we were shocked when he came in the game against the Rams, just signed off the street, and they're going exclusively shotgun and thrown all over the yard. The rapport he has with Cooper is real. The rapport he has with Njoku. Njoku was on a milk carton when Watson and the others were playing quarterback. So, I mean, they're saying it's not going to happen tonight, the odds makers, because of the Jets' defense, which hasn't allowed a 300-yard passer in 33 games. He's 5-1 to one to throw for 300 yards. He's 3-1 to one to get 280, and his prop is only uh, 230 and change. But the way Stefanski is calling the plays and how they, the, the trust that they have and how he's slinging it, I don't think you're going to see it. And I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they do whatever they want offensively tonight because his numbers are staggering here in the four games, what he's done with over 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. Uh, now, he's going to have to have Cooper in there, who's questionable with the heel, and he, he had the 260 game last week and then left with the injury. But win and end situation, great defense at home, and they've only made the playoffs once since 2003, so the, the place will be all uh, jazzed up and geeked up, ready to go tonight. Yeah, they both teams here, as we know, are elite defensively, especially when it comes through the air. Both teams, when it comes to EPA metrics, 
are very high at the top of the list, including Cleveland. They rank out at number one overall in many key categories. The Jets are not that far behind. DVOA defensively against the pass. The Jets are third overall. The Browns are second on the season. Wide receiver number ones against the Jets have only averaged 60 yards per game on the year. And they have the sixth best DVOA. The Browns are actually number one DVOA. And, of course, Simeon's going to be throwing the ball, so it probably doesn't matter much tonight anyway in this game. Mm. Here's how the Jets grade out against other positions on the field. They are number one against wide receiver number threes, number five against wide receiver number twos, and they are third against tight ends. They do rank 23rd in the air against running backs catching the ball. Now, when you look at other quarterbacks who have faced the Jets on the year, and I get it, Flacco's run has been awesome. Five games this year. It was Josh Allen's first game, Patty Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, and Tua Tungavaiola's very first game. The average, excuse me, stat line for those five games, 22 of 35, 219 yards, 0.8 touchdowns, and two INTs. So they have done a great job. The only, I mean, Josh Allen's second game, he was pretty good. He had 275, three touchdowns, and an INT. Tua's second game that turned into a route, so they kind of pulled him, and he didn't really have to throw the ball. But he was 21-24, which is great, 224 and a touchdown. I think by far and away, the single best game they allowed defensively on the year was Dak Prescott early on, and that was week two after the Rodgers injury. He was 31-38 to for 255 and two touchdowns. So they have been excellent for the most part against <clears throat> some of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL. Yep. And I asked you about the regression because Flacco's INT prop tonight is basically around minus 190 from what I saw. They start a pick in every game. Yeah, it's 1-1-3 yep. one, one, and then 2. Yep. Also, Simeon had one last week. He had two against Miami two weeks ago. If you parlayed both players to have an INT tonight, it's plus 115. Or... If you parlayed Flacco to have an INT and the Browns to still win the game, that's plus 136, the first book that I looked at this morning. Yeah, yeah. He's a gunslinger, no doubt. And he is. He finally moved into an uh, apartment after he's been hanging in a hotel for the last couple weeks. Uh, it, it's a great story. And uh, for this organization to be in this position and what happened to Watson and the injuries and DTR and Walker, to, to, to think they're going to win 12, could win 12 games – is nuts. They're seven and one at home. Back to the regression, though. The Bears have had a great defense since the sweat trade. He threw for 374 against the Bears. He threw for 368 last week in the wins against the Texans, who have done a good job defensively. He's thrown for at least 285 in his last five home games. The Jets are on a one and eight ATS run, and the favorite has covered the first half in 14 of the 15 Jet games. That's nuts, too. So the look-ahead was four and a half, and now it's up to seven and a half. The, the, the one negative, though, is he's keeping both teams in the game with the interceptions. He had three picks against the Bears. The Bears didn't do anything on offense. He had a pick six in that game. They were one. very fortunate to win that yep. game. Uh, and then he uh, the inter- two interceptions last week and then turned it over against the Rams. So he's got to, uh, he's got to cut that out. But this, this rapport that he has in the Cooper's numbers and in Joku's numbers with Flacco, it's spectacular. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing in the respect that they're giving the Jets defense with Cooper's prop and Njoku's prop, they're sitting there in the, in, the, in the 50s and the 40s with their receiving yards, which I can't believe. And another note is what Garrett Wilson's been able to do. With the atrocious quarterback play that he's had to deal with, he still has 958 yards and 88 catches. He's 52 and a half tonight. 
Um, so I, I don't think this is just a horrible parlay with Simeon and Hackett with the play calling, just because mm-hmm. you're going against the number one defense, uh, and especially what they've done at home. It's night and day. But the Jets are 30th in scoring. They're 31st in yards. They're 28th in rushing. They're dead last on third down. They're 25%. And Simeon could turn it over as well. So I just I don't think the Jets can be able to get anything going offensively in this one, and which could lead maybe to Stefanski going conservative and Flacco can't get to 300 yards. But yeah. uh, it's, it's going to be a, it's a shame. It's, only, it's the final Thursday night game of the year. But I, I can't wait to talk to Tony Rizzo about Flacco fever here. And if they're, they're going to get in, they're likely the five seed, and they're going to be dangerous. Yeah, I don't want to hear any complaining tonight about this being a, a really bad game if it's, if it's a stinker. It's 3 nothing at halftime, right? Because guess what? We don't have a week yeah. from tonight. We don't have an NFL game. Uh, a little bit more on the INTs. When you look at um, most takeaways – in the air this year by uh, all the teams in the NFL. The Cleveland Browns have 16th, uh, 16. They are third overall, and the Jets have 14 INTs. I really like that. Flacco and Simeon each throw an INT tonight because, again, when Flacco's taking this many chances, and I guess what would change, maybe because the Jets' defense is so good they don't be as aggressive, but I think they're going to stick with that game plan. He's going to have... He's going to be putting it in the air a lot tonight, probably deep down the field, which means a lot of chances for the Jets to pick the ball off at least once in this game. And on the flip side, Simeon stinks, and the Browns' defense is awesome. Yep. So if he's going to throw the ball, if they get down, I mean, but here, will Simeon play? What happens if something happens to this guy? They're cooked. Zach Wilson's still in the concussion protocol. Yeah, I know. How about the blowout angle? What if what if Cleveland's up four touchdowns? Simeon is five to one to throw two touchdown passes. I've never seen that before. I mean, it, that, it's crazy here wow. at Circle what they have. Uh, so the, the, maybe it's a blowout and they get some garbage touchdowns and some garbage points as well. But that's Cleveland at home allowed three to Burrow, three to Tennessee, seventeen to the Niners, shut out Arizona, ten to Pittsburgh, seventeen to Chicago, defensive touchdown. 27 against Jacksonville, but they were sloppy in that game and had turnovers deep in their own territory. And then I throw out the Baltimore game because that was uh, that was DTR getting thrown in there and he turned the ball over too. So it has just been a great defense at home, and I don't think it's going to go well for the Jets at all. Now, what, what do they do with Hall? I mean, Hall has, has been getting much uh, – you can't really count Washington, but Hall hasn't done much on the ground the last few weeks either. Well, So I, I this is – this is a tough one from a prop standpoint with the Jets. Yeah, he was huge last week. However, the Browns are number one against the rush in the entire league. So not only do they shut down like the entire team's passing game that they go against, especially at home, but the uh, rushing attack for the opposing teams doesn't go well against the squad. And they allow four yards per rush, yards per play allowed. That's 4.5. That's tied for first overall in the league. So unless he he breaks a long one tonight, I mean, it's going to be a grind for most of these players, including Brees Hall. How about this for a random stat from Tom Withers, who covers the team for the AP. Mm-hmm. Kevin Stefanski is 10-0 against the AFC South. He's owned six against the AFC East. How wild is that That's one? That's bizarre, yeah. Yep. How, how dangerous is this team in the playoffs, you think? Well, I mean, they can... They can, they can, they can win the AFC, don't you think? Sure. Yeah. Why can't they? They can't go to Baltimore and win? And are you definitely going to pick them, who get, whoever wins the AFC South? Won't I, you? I, I mean, Paul, I think the AFC is so wide open. I know. I mean, it's just, I, I, they, could, they could go to Baltimore and lose by two touchdowns, or they can win the game by 10. Yeah. And I, I mean, I did not anticipate saying that in the AFC. You know, I thought we were going to have some rock-solid teams across the board. 
before the year started. Not not exactly the case. Yeah, winning in, or they're in with a Pittsburgh loss, a Bills loss, a Jacksonville loss, or if Houston and Indy both lose on Sunday. So uh, they're going to make the playoffs and, and likely that five seed as we talked about. But I'd take them against Kansas City, Jacksonville, Houston, obviously, although he didn't have uh, Stroud, but he'll be playing a playoff game, uh, Colts. And uh, the way they're playing offensively and with this defense, yeah, I'd love to see it too. It's like, okay, we're throwing to Cooper. What are you going to do about it? And, and and how they ate up the Texans last week and how Njoku and, and, and Cooper have delivered every single week. And they, it's, it's, it has been a lot there for Ford. That's the other thing. Oh. It's like, why even bother to run the ball? We're just Again, I was blown away from day one when they're coming out against the Rams. Like, how much did he know as far as the playbook and just – getting signed off the street, and they're going shotgun and throwing it every down. Here, this will uh, maybe give you some perspective on Ford. He scored a touchdown right away in that game last week. He had eight fantasy points. Absolutely destroyed me. Oh, God. So that's all he did. Yeah. You know, other than that TD. But, uh, you know, I get, sign me up for Browns-Bills AFC title game right now. Yeah. I would take that. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Up next, win some, lose some. What a blunder this could have resulted in. You have to hear his explanation next here on VSIN. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. 
And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juice Reel, a free betting intelligence app and a tool every better needs. It links your betting accounts into one app, delivers in-depth analytics on your betting history, and you have access to the betting history of billions of bets placed by all uh, Juice Reel users. In-depth betting analytics, billions of data points, tail the winners, fade the losers. Robo Jackson, the AI bots it in better than 60% through 100 games. Check it out. Uh, Juice Reel, like Orange Juice, R-E-E-L. Download the free app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. It's free. Juice Reel. Go get it today. Final Thursday night game of the year. Regular season. National Football League. Man, I can't just, it flies by every single year, Paul. Nothing you can do about it. Terrible. And the Browns are laying seven and a half. The total is uh, either 34 and a half or 35. Definitely shop around. As always, um, I'm a little bit concerned for Flacco tonight because the Jets' defense is so good and he's been turnover prone in the four starts that he's made. He does have seven INTs and he has multiple INTs in the last two games. Uh, and the Jets' defense overall, they've played a lot of good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Remember the Robert Sala qu- quote? We embarrassed all of them. Josh Allen's first game, three INTs, they lost the game. Mahomes, 18 of 30, 203, touchdown, two INTs, almost lost the game. Jalen Hurts, three INTs, did lose the game. Herbert threw for a buck 36, no touchdowns. Tua, the first game, two INTs, they won the game. I would like to make the case for the Jets tonight, but I just I can't get there because it's Trevor Simeon and the offense is so bad. If it was a better right. quarterback, sure, but then the number wouldn't be seven and a half. All right, and it's also Schwartz against Hackett. You're talking about the yeah. number one number one defense in the league at home and giving up 13 points per game. So I don't think it's going to go well, and the Jets are going to get any won't get anything going offensively. Uh, I like I love Flacco over two thirty three and a half, and I don't think there's any stopping anything stopping this offense right now other than Flacco turning the ball over. I mean, the fact that the confidence that they have in him, they love him, what Rizzo talked about, exclusively going shotgun, throwing it all over the yard. Bears, great defense. 374. Houston, playing good defense. 368. I, I have to have Cooper in there, and Rizzo thinks he's going to play, dealing with the Hill injury. Heel, but also what he's done and what Njoku has done. And you can throw Elijah Moore in there, too, and uh, the third option, and Rizzo gave out his prop earlier as well. But the, it, how many attempts is he going to have? Because it's like, well, Ford, we'll just you know, throw him out there. I mean, don't even try to run the ball. Yeah. And Ford hasn't done much. So uh, I understand what, what's happened this year, but I just think exclusively going shotgun and throwing it all over the yard here and what they've done in the sick numbers that he's put up 1,300 yards in four games. He can't have 250? And, and, and how about uh, the other, if you want to go alt numbers? I mean, he's 5-1 to one to throw for 300? He's 3-1 to one to get 280? I think all this is in play with this guy, and nothing's been able to slow him down right now. Uh, one of the reasons why I loved watching the team play last week, and they are must-watch TV at this point with Joe Flacco taking so many shots down the field, no kicker was available, so they had to go for two right. every single time. I loved it. I, yeah, I, how about I would, the fourth down play to Cooper? Just throwing it up in the sideline catch as well. Oh, no, now, no I question. I don't understand why you don't have a guy who can make a 25-yard field goal, even when there's an injury. That boggles my mind. But it was it was awesome. Just, all right, fourth down, here we go. Right. Well, right. I mean... Yeah, they don't they don't carry enough kickers on the team, and when a guy goes down, obviously. But I yeah, don't see why you don't have a back. The punter can't make a field. That, goal? That's what I've always wondered. Like, how do you? We've not... seen wide receivers that can come out and kick something though, too. No, he did point that out. He does have some concern. I mean, they, Tuesday they brought guys in 
new kicker, new punter, new snapper tonight. Yep. So that could be an issue, obviously. And uh, by the way, when they were doing those two-point conversion attempts last week, they pulled Flacco out of the game. They brought DTR into short yardage. Right. First scramble. one was easy. Well, yeah. he's out He's out for the year, though. No, no, I know that. So you got that. I know. But so, that, yeah. Uh, and again, another thing to keep in mind, again, going back to the Flacco INTs, Jets have 14 uh, interceptions as, as a team this year. The Browns have 16. Simeon's last two games, he had one pick himself last week against Washington. He had two against Miami. I, I, I kind of like both these bets. I like to, I'm going to, I'm going to parlay Flacco INT and uh, Simeon INT at plus 115. Maybe you can find higher than that. Also, you could parlay Flacco to throw an INT and the Browns still to win the game. That's around plus 135 or plus 140. Because I think he's going to be good for, again, think about how many shots he's taken deep down the field. I don't think, I mean, if they can't run the ball tonight, that's probably going to continue. Why would it change? Because it's been so successful since they brought him in. You would think that's going to be the game plan. One of these passes, it'll be high percentage that gets picked off. And the Browns can still shut down Simeon in the offense and yeah. win the game, you know, 17-3, whatever. Yeah. Can you imagine the handle, though, and the liability with the Ohio books? Oh, they, they're, I mean... I mean, our, our guy Dom in, in Poland and our friends in Youngstown. I mean, can you imagine? Where it's all, it's nothing but, and it opened four and a half up to seven and a half, but all the same game parlays. and everything. Give me Flacco over, Cooper over, and Joko over. Give me the teasers, the, everything, Browns every, on every single ticket. Well, Ohio... Maybe they press, too. I mean, what did he say? They haven't clinched a, a game at home since 2002, a playoff spot, whatever it is. Yeah. They made the playoffs once since 2003. Oh, so, so they're, my guess is they're feeling pretty good already oh, at 8.20 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. Oh, right? they're already tailgating. Yeah, they're so already. You, you imagine at Ohio Sportsbooks, who's who's betting the Jets tonight, right? Uh, none. The public certainly won't be. It's going to be all Browns money. You, so you maybe even like lay nine and a half on an alt number or maybe 13 and a half. Imagine they cover that. Imagine Flacco throws like three INTs and goes or three touchdowns with like 300 yards. And then you have these guys pop at any time touchdowns. Yeah. So it's going to be like last night, you pointed this out earlier, the, the Bridges stuff for the Nets news got out. They were going to play him to keep his streak alive and then yank him. And that's exactly what they did. And the same game parlays came in like crazy. Yeah. It was a mini Draymond Green. You're right. He got 12 minutes instead of 30 seconds. So. Uh, but that may, you know, maybe it, if Flacco turns it over and maybe they press too much, lose a, lose a low-scoring game. But look at the last two months of the NFL season. Expect the unexpected, right? Right. Uh, but this uh, it's all, it has all the makings here where just Simeon needs a diaper and it doesn't go well. And they shut down Hall and Simeon can't get anything going. The other thing, how about, how about Garrett Wilson? Now his prop is 51.5 receiving yards. This is nothing short of miraculous what he's done. For this guy to have almost 1,000 yards, and he's going to get 1,000 yards, for this guy to have 950 yards and 90 catches with the crap he's had at quarterback all year, I, just, I said it before the season, he was going to have 1,700 yards and 12, 13 touchdowns with Rodgers and all these catches, everything was in play because of the rapport they had and how talented he is, and the guy's still going to have 1,000 yards with this wilson boyle Simeon garbage yeah. that they've trotted out there. So, I mean, it's just they are so good at home defensively shut down burrow allowed three to tennessee the niners scored 17 they shut out arizona pittsburgh got 10 17 against the bears there was a defensive touchdown yeah. you, you don't get any unless they turn it over in their own territory i don't think the jets are going to get much do you think wilson goes over 52 and a half tonight i mean it's that low for a reason 
I think he'll get that, though. I think yeah. so. Yeah. The, the, the Browns defense, they are number one DVOA against wide receiver number ones, but they do allow 58.4 yards per game to that position. They're also like elite everywhere else. Um, they are number two against wide receiver number twos. They're first against tight ends, and they are seventh overall against running backs in the air. They're also number one against the rush. So Brees Hall, he went crazy last week for fantasy owners. It's a minor miracle, I think, if he goes. It could happen. It's the NFL, like yeah. you just said. But yeah. uh, this Browns defense, the matchup here, it's a really bad one for Brees Hall tonight. I gotta take. I have to take the alt yards with Flacco. I have to. Oh, like, are you gonna street. go three, or are you gonna yeah. go like two seventy five? Go two eighty. Start at the two seventy five range. Now they and we talked about it earlier. They haven't allowed three hundred yard passer in thirty three games. He here's his attempts. Easy, okay? easy, cowboy. No, but yeah, go ahead. His attempts: 42, 44, 45, 44. He's going to throw it 40 times. He can't. He gets Cooper on a couple deep balls. And Joku on, a, on some yak. He can't get to 280. He's going to throw it 40 times tonight. By my math, one, one quarterback has gotten to 280 this year on that team. On the Jets. That was Jalen Hurts, and he threw three INTs in that game. He had 280. Yep. Josh Allen, second game, he had 275. D- Dak had by far and away the best uh, game by any quarterback against the Jets defense this year. He was great. He was 31 of 38 for 255 and two touchdowns. They ran the ball because they were up so big in the game. I'm but, taking a shot. Okay, I get it. I understand, but I'm also I'm getting I'm getting five to one though. That's the other. Thing. I'm getting five to one. I'm getting four to one here. I mean, I'm not I'm not asking for 400 yards. I'm asking for 285. And actually, Paul, you know what? I'll throw so, some of these games out too. Like. The, to a second game, he threw for 224, but that was a route, and they never... It was over, right. It was over with early. And I got to be honest, who do you have more faith in right now as a quarterback throwing the ball and putting up stats, Joe Flacco or Patrick Mahomes? Joe Flacco. It's Joe Flacco with a bullet. Yeah. Guys are open. No, but, not, no one's open in Kansas City. No, no, nobody they is. They also can't protect them. How about, what, how about what Tony said? What if they win out? They win 12 games. I'll give, them, I'll, I'll give them 270 yards passing tonight, and I'll give them 280 next week. Who's comeback player of the year? Uh, he's got a great case. Yeah? I know. He only plays six games, but... This is where you need to handicap the voters, which is very difficult to do. And I'll go back to Peter King preseason when he said Hamlin takes one snap, it's over. So I, I don't know how the voters are going to think about that. I really don't. I know. But if they're going to give it to somebody not named DeMar Hamlin, this guy's got an incredible case right now. How, how do you... I mean, the guy he got sure. direct TV to watch football this year from his couch. Yeah. He was trying out for NFL analyst jobs, network jobs. Yep. Now get out of here. Nope. What, what a gift that turned out to be. Save their season. Yep. Up next, professional sports better Brad Powers is going to join the show. We are down to 14 bowl games. We'll get his final uh, thoughts on all of them. Coming up next on Follow the Money, it's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Looking to bet smarter? VEASAN has the perfect holiday gift for you. Sign up our holiday special today. Get VEASAN Pro Access, everything we do through May 1st for only $79. Daily best bets, betting splits, 24-7 video, the betting guides, and the best bets for all the bolds, Super Bowl, March Madness, limited time holiday offer. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Take the holiday special now. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We love talking to our next guest every week. Brad Powers joins the program now, professional sports better. You can follow him on X at Brad Power 7 and his website is bradpowersports.com. Uh, Brad, happy holidays. Um, how are you today? 
I do. All right. Uh, I, you know, I do a lot of shows and I mentioned a few times I I've been under the weather seriously the last few days, but, uh, feeling a little bit better this morning. Good to talk to you guys. Uh, feeling a lot better, uh, cause I had a good betting day finally for a change this bowl season yesterday. So two thumbs up. So fi- finally, all the work that you put into this relentlessly on the clock, tracking this stuff and getting ahead of maybe some of the best numbers. We saw the USC number crash yesterday. The Oklahoma State game, I mean, what that flip? I mean, eight and a half points, whatever it was. So good to see all that work finally pay off and that those numbers come in for you. Yeah, that one, Virginia Tech, you know, yeah, laying under one. a touchdown, the line closes 13, that comes through, although you, you had to, you know, some of them are late numbers for, for, for clients and whatnot. You, you had to, you know, sweat a little bit of that. But, uh, yeah, I, that, look, I mean, obviously these bowl games, <laughs> they're unique. Uh, they're more of a, a preview to 24 than they are, uh, you know, a final chapter of the 23 season. But, uh, you know, with all the opt-outs and transfer portal news and coaching uh, carousel news, you would hope to get out, out in front of some big line moves. And then you'd hope to cash some of these tickets with, with the six, seven, eight points of CLV. I'll be honest with you coming into to yesterday. I wasn't the only one because let's just say you had a crystal ball and you're, ah, you know, there's so much uncertainty in bowl season. I, I have the crystal ball. I know what games are going to move the most as far as the line moves. I'm only going to play the line moves that move three or more points from Circa's openers. Uh, we'll use that as the, the, mm-hmm. as the starting off point. Coming into yesterday, if you'd have bet the biggest line moves in bowl season, you'd have went 5-11. and 11. <laughs> So uh, yesterday oh, you had a winning day for the first time this bowl season. So uh, hopefully oh. that's a sign of things to come. But, uh, you know, typically, because I've been tracking these for, for four years, 2,000-game sample size, if you had that crystal ball and you're betting lines at sides and totals that move three or more points, you're hitting 60%. 5-11 heading into yesterday well, wasn't uh, – wasn't fun stuff, I'll put it that way. Yeah, no kidding. Well, any predictions over uh, the next, let's call Thursday and Friday games on game day where one of these you know, matchups could move three or four points, maybe a couple hours before kickoff? Well, I will say that's still surprising me, some of these line moves that continue to move on game day, even though they've already been steamed significantly. Uh, today, I wouldn't be a bit surprised Rutgers closes three. Uh, I don't know if you're going to get a lot of resistance on the Miami side of things. It's been one-way action throughout bowl season. Rutgers opened as high as, what, six, six and a half. I had that ticket in pocket. Let's hope that cashes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that one could close three. Uh, NC State, Kansas State, I wouldn't be surprised that one closes pick. Can Both teams have a lot in the transfer portal and whatnot. Kansas State has several starters. Uh, so that, that that's one that can move a little bit. Uh, We'll see with Ohio State. That's one that's been on the move. Does that continue to move right back to where we started? Ohio State favored by, you know, six, six and a half. If everybody's going to play, I I wouldn't be a bit surprised that that's the case there. Does Georgia get to 21? Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, who wants to bet Florida State without pretty much everybody? Georgia's got pretty much everybody. Looks like all hands on deck. I, I don't. The big thing is you don't see a pathway to success for Florida State's offense. You just don't with a third-string quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Florida State team total under makes a lot of sense. I know that market opens up as you get closer to the kickoff as far as availability. Uh, I bet under. I'm not a part. That's one that I'm not a part of the Georgia team. Okay. So with what you just said, moving forward, and it's more of a what 2024 is going to look like, are you going to proceed with caution? Are you going to wait to bet, are you going to bet late? What are you going to do moving forward with these bowls? 
Great question. Uh, I am going to, I've decided I'm going to be a little bit more conservative, mainly more with the G5 stuff. But and people are going to be asked, well, you should have more, you know, when it comes to G5 and uncertainty, you should have a bigger edge. I mean, I didn't this year. I mean, I, I was caught by surprise by a lot of the opt-outs in the quarterback position. Didn't have the Boise State quarterback hitting the portal after, you know, he just won the Mountain West Championship game and played well. <laughs> yeah. uh, the MAC quarterbacks, I, I didn't have hitting the portal. So that that stuff, I'll probably be a little bit more cautious. Obviously, I'm going to bet the playoffs. I mean, that that helps, you know, several games as far as the bowl games go, an expanded playoff. So I'm going to be aggressive there because there won't be as much uncertainty. Uh, the other ones, you know, the, the, the games that I'll still attack is, you know, anybody with a clue shouldn't have been surprised that Drake made him play for North Carolina. I'll still attack those types mm. of games. Okay, very good. Let's go to Fenway today. We start with SMU and Boston College. SMU up to 11. What do you think? You, you, this team made you some money this year. Yeah, they have. I'm not wild about laying 11 uh, outdoors in a baseball park. Speaking of outdoors, looks like the weather's not going to be good. Uh, ooh, who would have thought that late, uh, you know, <laughs> December, yeah. you know, outside in a baseball game. So under for me, I got in front of it. It's a huge line move. It's moved like six points, uh, but I would still lean that way. And when you got suppressed scoring, obviously, and I don't think the market ever does this. When you got a big favorite and you got suppressed scoring, you don't always see the side correlate with the the, the total coming down. So um, I, I would lean BC plus 11 under 47 and a half. Yeah, you've made the case a couple of times, I think, on the show for Oklahoma when it was uh, at least three, right? When they were catching at least three. Did it ever get above three now that I'm thinking about it? No, it okay. didn't. Well, you know what? It did for like a day, okay. but we're talking it was like two and a half weeks ago. So uh, you made the case for the Sooners at that number then. Uh, the, the game took some under money. I think it was yesterday, now sitting at 59 and a half. Were you a part of that? Uh, I am a okay. part of that. So I have 64 and a half. <laughs> I, you would hope the portfolio ends up at least on the positive side with all these four, five, six, seven point moves. Would I play it now? No. I'd be more in the lean Oklahoma situation. Might as well. Hell, I mean, Money line underdog here, Oklahoma for me. I think they win the game. How about NC State, K-State? Another money line underdog for me on NC State. Uh, yeah, obviously missed some of the better numbers as far as taking NC State above a field goal. But again, I think they win the game. It's important for them. This is a program that's only one, had one, one 10-win season. That's back when Phillip Rivers was their quarterback. They, If you remember, they had an opportunity two years ago to win 10 games in a bowl game. UCLA canceled the bowl game, what, a few hours before kickoff? Oh, that's right. They were pissed about that. I think they, they, they try to get their revenge here against a very shorthanded Kansas State team that has several starters out, including their quarterback. All right, very good. Friday, start with the Gator Bowl. Clemson against Kentucky. We've seen some un under money. What do you think of uh, Dabo's squad here? I lean with Kentucky at, at open. It, it opened as high as nine. I I wanted to play back a little Clemson. It, it, I mean, it got as low as three and a half the other day. I was thinking, hey, is this going to touch three? That would have been a major buy price for me uh, on Clemson. At five, it's kind of a dead number. So I'm just going to pass right now at the current numbers there. Mm -hmm. All right. You're a Notre Dame fan. They're laying uh, six and a half against Oregon State. Total is uh, 41 and a half. What do you want, aside from any bets that you might have, what do you want to see happen with this team, maybe in the bowl game and then moving forward for next year? Well, I'll start with the betting. I mean, obviously, I took Oregon State and under. Uh, 
But I mean, both teams are, I mean, this is the opt out bowl. We're, we're talking 23 starters combined between, between the two teams. Tough to really get a read. Now. I know a lot of people are still going to lean with Oregon state with so much uncertainty. I do follow Notre Dame. I will say this as far as their depth, you know, we're talking, obviously you got your starters one through 22. I'll tell you that 22 through 44, as far as talent experience for Notre Dame is probably the best they've had in 30 years. So I, I, I'm never really pro Notre Dame. I'm just always sky is falling, chicken little crowd. Uh, I wouldn't be a bit surprised they cover this one. So I, I would lean Notre Dame at the current numbers. Just the feeling from watching the practice reports and getting a feel for them down at the Sun Bowl. I'll say this. Nobody's reported this. Oregon State only has three coaches, uh, regular full-time coaches. Everybody else is GAs and analysts wow. that they've had to hire full-time to prep the team. I mean, that that's a skeleton crew yeah. against what yeah. I perceive to be a good Notre Dame coaching staff. And speaking of that, for the first time in a long time, I actually feel positive about Notre Dame. The hire of Denbrock, paying him, making him the highest paid OC. Looks like they're going to try to make Al Golden the highest paid DC. Finally, Notre Dame spending money on the football program that made the university. Otherwise, it'd just be a nothing on the map in, in northern Indiana. So I, I'm actually very happy with Notre Dame football right now. <laughs> All right, excellent. There you go. Uh, 40 seconds. How about the Liberty Bowl in Memphis and Ohio State laying, uh, I mean, Iowa State laying 11? I can't get there now. I mean, oof, that's another one that's moved five, six points now from, from uh, as low as five and a half. Uh, I mean, obviously, I understand the move. Iowa State, even though it's played in Memphis's home stadium, will have more fans. Let's go ahead. I'm going to go uh, over. I'll check the weather, but I'm going to go over the total. It's the lowest 57 in some spots right now. All right. So follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Professional sports better Brad Powers, our guest. We'll continue with one more segment with Brad, and we'll get into the uh, playoff games that we have on New Year's Day on Monday. His final thoughts here, well, for us anyway, on the Thursday before the games on Alabama, Michigan, and Texas, Washington, next here on VSIN. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. No bias. You will respect my authority. No pulled punches. Your wife cheated on you because you lost sight of who you are as a man. As a husband, no agenda. There is no fear in this dojo. This is no hyperbole. This is the best part of the week. Here's the maestro, Mike Baum. All right, here we go. Number five, 9.2 million reasons to go to overtime. 9,200 Circa Survivor entries started the season, and they were down to 10 heading into the Christmas Eve, Christmas Day exacted to march forward to the last two weekends. As day turned tonight on Christmas Eve, four entries had advanced. One with the Rams over the Saints on Thursday night. One with the Packers over the Panthers on Sunday morning. And two with the Bears over the Cardinals on Sunday afternoon. The remaining six needed Russell Wilson and the Broncos to dispatch of the 3-11 Patriots at mile high. The Patriots scored more points in the third quarter, 20, than they had in 12 of their previous 14 games. And the Broncos trailed 23-7 with under 10 minutes remaining in the game. Two let Russ cook touchdown passes and two-point conversions later, and the game was tied at 23 with under three minutes to go. After the teams traded punts, New England got the ball back on their own 19 with 58 seconds left. The Patriots had one timeout left. The Broncos had all three. On first down, Bailey Zappi out of the shotgun handed the ball off to Ezekiel Elliott around left end for a gain of six to the 25. Bill Belichick had tipped his hand. He was playing for overtime. It was at this point that Sean Payton had a decision. On second and short, second and four, was he going to attempt to use his three timeouts to get the ball back? Or would they head to overtime where with the flip of a coin, he might get the ball back? Or if he lost the flip, the Patriots would be in the exact same spot at the 25-yard line. Well, old Sean chose to go the Andy Reid route. Remember Andy Reid a couple Super Bowls ago in Tom Brady's last game? Let's call our timeouts on second and one before the half. How did that work out? Of course we know what happens. Run on second down and then a 27-yard pass on third down. They let the clock run. Five-yard pass to Zeke. Used their timeout. Four-yard pass to Jasicki. Enough time to spike the ball. And old Chad Ryland, who had missed an extra point and a field goal earlier in the game, buries the 56-yarder. And we're down to four. Number four. From bad boys to just plain bad. The Detroit Pistons won two of their first three games this season and now have lost 27 consecutive games, which is an NBA all-time record for a single season. Only the 2014-15, 15-16 Philadelphia 76ers 
lost more consecutive games over two seasons, a total of just 28, which the Pistons can equal tonight as 17-point underdogs at Boston. I'm not an everyday NBA better or enthusiast, but this streak of ineptitude has caught my attention. Let's take a look at their game on Tuesday against the Brooklyn Nets. The Pistons, six and a half point underdogs, led 97-92 with eight minutes left and trailed 110 to 112 with 40 seconds left. Well, fast forward, fast 112 to 110. Fast forward to 25 seconds left, and they're down, of course, 117 to 112. Let's just go through the last 25 seconds of the game. All right. They foul Mikhail Bridges from nearby Villanova. He misses both free throws. Pistons get the ball, come down the court. Pistons turnover with 16.1 seconds left. With 13.1 to go, they foul Cam Johnson. He makes one of two free throws to go up 118-112. Pistons have the ball. Oh, with 12 seconds left, they turn it over. Now with 7-1 and 2.1 left and trailing by six, they again foul Mikhail Bridges. Again, he misses both free throws. What did the Pistons do? Oh, they turned it over. They turned it over three times in the final 30 seconds. And miraculously, because the Nets only made one of six free throws, still covered the six and a half. How long can this streak go? I don't know, but Greg Popovich is grateful. Number three, trust your first instinct. Ed Ardito was a football referee in Conference USA for many years till the end of the 2013 season. He worked one season in the AAC before retiring in 2014. Perhaps you best remember Ed Ardito from the three-overtime 2012 Outback Bowl, which saw Michigan State outlast Georgia 33-30. That game was the lead-in to the famous Rose Bowl between Russell Wilson's Badgers, who were defeated by Oregon 45-28 in a game that saw eight touchdown drives in the first half. The referee for that game was Brad Allen from the ACC. Brad Allen, of course, would go on to the NFL, while Ed Ardito would go on to playing golf every day. Then last year, after an eight-year hiatus, Ardito returned to Conference USA. Tuesday afternoon, the entire country got to witness why Ardito should have stayed retired as his crew was assigned to the first responders bowl in Dallas between Texas State and Rice. They really shouldn't even have been doing a Texas high school football game. This game kicked off at 2.37 p.m. Pacific time and ended with six minutes left in the first half of the UNLV Kansas game. The game went four hours and 40 minutes. It featured 18 accepted penalties for 177 yards, 16 replay reviews, nine officials conferences, and Ardito with two very famous moments. The first early in the third quarter where he was caught on a hot mic. He announced timeout Texas State, first charge timeout, 32nd timeout, and then paused, damn it, <laughs> Full timeout, media timeout. Then in the fourth quarter, when there were four flags down on a punt, he comes back. All right, we have a correction on the penalties. The roughing, the kicker, that's actually going to end up being declined. Then we have, have offsetting fouls on 27 and 23. 27 from Rice, 23 from Texas State. All that's going to offset the field. First down as he pointed in both directions. This was a tough day for our... Uh, for Ed Ardito and the crew. It reminded me of the 2005 Alamo Bowl between Michigan and Nebraska when the Sun Belt crew was completely lost and walked off the field during the final kick return that Michigan was trying that, that Stanford uh, <laughs> lateral play. All right, number two, Mickey and Goofy and Pray for Rain. This bowl season has highlighted the lack of depth on the Disney broadcasting bench. 
first, in the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, we had former Miami Hurricane Orlando Franklin let everyone left listening know that he was running to the toilet as they signed off the air. Then, in the aforementioned First Responder Bowl, play-by-play man Dave McMeal felt the incessant need to keep reminding everyone that his color commentator Aaron Murray is the SEC's all-time passing yards leader. Followed immediately by our old friend Beth Mowens on the Guaranteed Rate Bowl in Phoenix, which, by the way, saw a massive line move of Kansas from minus 13.5 to minus 7.5 just hours before the game. The Jayhawks, who had 55 penalties accepted in their entire 12 games this season, had 17 accepted penalties for 201 yards through three quarters and a 49-36 win over UNLV. Back to our friend Beth Mowens. In the second quarter, UNLV's short but stout kicker, Jose Pazano, attempted a 52-yard field goal. The ball almost didn't make it to the end zone. He was at least eight (laughs) yards short. Now let's go to the third quarter. UNLV is mounting a furious rally. They pick off Jason Bean. On first down, however, Jaden Maeva is sacked for an 11-yard loss. Eventually, they face third and 21 from the Jayhawks' 46. He rolls out and completes a pass for only one yard. So the ball is at the Kansas Kansas 45, fourth and 20, and Beth Moen says, I'm not sure if they made it into field goal range. Really, Beth? It would be a 63-yard field goal. He couldn't get it to the end zone from 52. Obviously, they punted. Beth Moens. There but for the grace of God goes Pam Ward. All right, and then number one. But first, defense. What a weird, strange... Unbelievable scene. It comes out of they came out of Carolina on Sunday. How about your guy Jair Alexander Mitch? My guy. Who appointed himself a, te- a team captain, showed up at midfield for the for the coin toss, called it tails correctly, and then said we want to go on defense. Now, official Alex Kemp, who who understands a little more humanity than Bill Vinovich, who calls a, a safety when his umpire tackles Lamar Jackson yeah, right. in the yeah. end zone. Yeah, right. Had talked to Lafleur before the game, and they had, and Lafleur had told him we're deferring if we win the toss. So he says, "You mean defer? Yeah, whatever." Now the, nobody knows this that happened in the game, but it comes out yesterday because the Packers suspend him, two-time All-Pro all cornerback, for this key game against Minnesota on Sunday night because of conduct detrimental to the team. Let's listen to Jair explain what happened. Realize you almost made a big mistake on the call, though. What I do? Well, you said we want to go on defense. Yeah. Which in theory could they could have said, then you're electing to kick to to uh, kick off, which you would have lost the opportunity then yeah. to receive in the second half. Yeah, no, I told them that uh, I said uh, I want I want our defense to be out there, and they all looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, I mean, it's pretty simple what I said. Like, I want the defense to be out there. They like, you mean defer? I'm like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> he said, well, I'm from Charlotte. Uh-huh. I, he's a captain. Well, first of all, he was born in Philadelphia. He moved to Charlotte, but he was three. How about your guy, Lafleur? Is he paying any attention to what's going on? Anybody could have just been the captain here? Yeah. <laughs> could have been a fan in a Jair Alexander uh, jersey. He could have been. Would have been better. <laughs> oh, man. Great job. Uh, in Pocket Plays coming up next here on Beeson. Determine the winner of any given college basketball game. Someone gives you 10,000 to 1 on anything. You take it, take it, take it. I bet you 
20 bucks, I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. Nope. Five to one. Nope. Ten to one. You're right. All right. Must win doesn't mean must bet, but I'm eating the chalk in week 17. Can't get enough of it. Uh, this Raider team, hard to figure out. Get shut out at home, 3 nothing. Score 60 against the Chargers and beat the Chiefs on the road. Can't complete a pass for three quarters. I'll take the Colts with the season on the line, laying three at home. Chicago laying three against Atlanta. Don't trust them on the road. Bears playing great ball, especially defensively. I think it's a horrible spot for the Lions. Clinch a division for the first time in 30 years. Dallas, different team at home. What, full 15-game winning streak at home. Uh, Buccaneers laying three against the Saints. Can't see Carr going on the road winning that game. Baker's been hot. Tampa's won four in a row. We'll start with a money line parlay tonight, which pays better than a teaser. Browns, Cowboys money line parlay. And I cannot believe the line went down and this much. I'll take Stidham and the Broncos at home against the Atrocious Chargers. All right, a couple bets that I'm on for tonight. I'm going to do a, uh, call it a same game parlay, call it whatever you want. I'm betting on Flacco and Simeon to each throw an INT. I found plus 134 on that. I've broken that down a couple of times on the show today. Um, you might be able to find maybe a little bit higher. I like them both to throw uh, an INT in this game. And I'm adding more on Alabama plus 105 money line against Michigan. Pending Steelers plus 3.5 minus 115 yeah. against the Seahawks. I like that Steeler pick. Makes sense. Don't I can't trust Geno. New customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly. And you get the NBA League Pass for the rest of the season. Download the app. Use promo code VEASAN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Go get them. Ohio State moved to four at the Westgate. Three and a half at oh. uh, DraftKings. Oh, boy. Had a chance to have a nine-point middle here. Missed yeah. that one. Wild, the bowl movement. That's tomorrow. Um, you were very high in the Cleveland Browns before the season started. Very high. You love this team. I love the defense. You loved it. Okay, so what, are you doing anything with the game tonight? I teased them. Uh, I teased them with several teams on Sunday. Um, seven and a half is a little, bit, a little bit much. I mean, the Jets' defense could hold this game low. I mean, I don't mind the under in this game as well. We had Jason Confort on yesterday on primetime, and I asked him, who's the team the Ravens don't want to face in the playoffs? Okay. He said this team, wow. the Browns and Flacco. Flacco's yep. got nothing to lose. They're no. playing with house money. Yeah. He said the Bills, now they think they're on a Super Bowl run. Their pressure's going to be on them. He said, and let's not forget they hung 39 on us here in our place in Deshaun Watson's last game. Right? He said, so, you know, he comes in here, starts flinging the ball around, and we, and we, we get off to a bad start, and now it's all the ghosts of playoffs past, and and we get tight, and they're never going to be tight because they're not expected to do anything. Good answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, good question. They, they really yeah. are playing loose. Great question. That's yeah. the important part. Yeah, good question. Thanks for the right. shot yeah. on the front end. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so he asked me at the start of the show about is the regression coming. I mean, I don't. He's thrown for thirteen hundred yards in four games. Now, you got now MVP this is, tickets, huh? You got MVP tickets? Uh, no, no. That you was, got comeback player of the year tickets? A little bit on yeah. comeback, yeah. A little bit on comeback. We'll but this, see. this gets a dicey. a pretty deep ball. Yeah, it does. This gets dicey, though, because Amari Cooper's a game-time decision now, according to Pelissaro. But, you know, we, we've seen his act, though, this year. Uh, but that, that's the latest report. <laughs> he loves Flacco. Flacco's yeah. the greatest thing ever. Yeah, said. but also, yeah, the, 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 the nonsense here with who's in, who's out, though, in primetime games. I, I, I'm seeing 5-1 to one to throw for 300 yards. I mean, I know the Jets don't give much up, but you're right. The house money, they're three thrown at 45 times a game. 
This I know, is they, got, they got Ford in the offensive line, and they're just flinging the no, ball all around the field. Yeah. I watched that Jacksonville game. I bet the Jacksonville game under. They're yeah. coming out throwing every down. I'm every dead down. in the water the first quarter. And <laughs> deep a lot, yeah. by the way. So they're not like, it's no dink and dunk. Uh, so uh, next Thursday, by the way, we'll be talking about the a preview of the national title game in college football. On Monday, New Year's Day, yeah. we get both the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl as well. Brad Powers an hour ago came on and made a great, great case for Alabama. Made it a best bet to win this game outright and, and march on and take on Texas. Do you agree with him in the in the Rose Bowl? Do you like Bama or are you on the other side? I bet both dogs on the opener. So I took two and a half with Alabama. I took four and a half and money line on Washington. I got Washington plus 750 to win the national title. All right. I just think the team still isn't getting respect. I understand that Oregon outplayed them at Husky Stadium. You were there. Yeah. And Lanning left all the points on the field. They beat up Oregon here on the neutral. I would agree. Right? Mm -hmm. They won in Tucson. They won um, at Oregon State in Corvallis. What's Texas really done here? I just think that the the Big 12 is weak. I mean, okay, they won last. They beat the Texas A&M team. I don't really give a lot of credit to, I mean, Oklahoma State, BYU went up and down the field in the first half on the and still won. I don't give I don't give much credit to them. They're, the victory over Alabama and early in September is the only thing. I just think Washington's better and we still disrespect them. I think Penix was hurt for a stretch. They played those close games in that. I don't think Texas can defend this team. They're gonna spread Texas out. I think it's a high scoring game, and I think Washington wins the game. The Michigan game, all I can think of in this handicap, right, is Michigan in the Big Ten title game could not move the ball against Iowa. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to try to run the ball down. They're going to have to throw the ball to beat Alabama. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I think about Michigan defending the Iowa tight ends and wide receivers, right, against Deacon Hill and how much speed they're going to have to contend with with Alabama. I I played Alabama. If Michigan won, I wouldn't be shocked. But I think Michigan has to play by far their best game of the year to win the Rose Bowl. Oh, they absolutely do. Right? I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. And again, all things considered, who did they play the first two months of the season? UNLV was the best team they played out of conference. And, and, oh, yes. Easily. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And that was one of their best wins of the entire year before they played Penn State and Ohio State. Well, they beat Penn State without throwing a pass in the second half. Right. right? That's they not going to happen against Alabama. And Ohio Alabama. State played them dead even except for one turnover in the first quarter. That was a dead even game on both yeah. both sides of the ball. The offensive lines dominate. I mean, it was just a dead even game. Yep. Michigan uh, in this spot with Jim Harbaugh, it has not been pretty. And when Saban has time to prepare, he's the best of all time. Does Harbaugh leave win or lose? Well, he made Mitch made a good point during the break. Yeah. He's still being asked about the, the Charger job in the NFL here. So he, who knows what he's thinking? That was yesterday but, at Disneyland, and he had a – Jim Harbaugh is a horrible soundbite. He says a lot without saying anything whatsoever. If you li- ever listen to him talk, he doesn't say anything. And that's what he did yesterday to try to deflect it. But, I mean, with these new what possible violations on board for Michigan football and infractions – um, and the money that the Chargers probably should throw out their next head coach, it would make sense. And I think he's got to really rebuild here at Michigan after this this shot here, right? And so, does he go out even with another semifinal loss? Does he leave? Does he need to get to the title yeah. game? Does he ride off into the sunset with the title and go back? I mean, the Chargers job, I'm sure, is there for him. He's not going to the Bears. I'm willing to bet on that, that he would not go to the Bears. Why? The former Big Ten commissioner he didn't get along with is very influential in the Bears organization. And I don't think that they would invite him or he'd want to go there. Mm. Charger job is awfully attractive, don't you think? Oh, absolutely it is. I know you'd say the Bears because they got the one pick and you still got fields, but I would think the Charger job is is the best one out there. And now it depends on, like, what? It's the Spanos family here. How much money are they willing to spend? 
compared to what other well, top of the line. Is it about money at this point for Jim Harbaugh? Or is it about trying to win trying to win a Super Bowl? I don't know. Oh, it's interesting. He made a good he did an unbelievable job with the 49ers when right. he took it over, right? Everywhere. And Stanford, you won, 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 how about what he did at Stanford? No, see, he beat USC. Right. It's like a forty right. point dog. Yeah. yeah. But here with Michigan, it's like, wow, the Ohio State stuff. And then you beat Ohio State. Yeah. But yeah. then you get embarrassed by TCU. And you, you have That's the bowl the record That's as well. That's the worst thing, T. Sure it is. I get it. You got beat by Georgia, and you went down there, and you tried to run the ball, and you could. Right. Giving up 50-some points to TCU. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you never know. But the other thing, too, Washington has the best quarterback of the bunch. Yep. And if this was an S, I mean, they went undefeated. He put up ridiculous numbers while he was hurt, and he couldn't even get a sniff for the Heisman. So this team has been disrespected the entire year. Dis- this line yeah. is very disrespectful. As much as yeah. nine and a half or ten was in the Pac-12 title game. This is a very disrespectful yeah. line. Yeah. Not only is he the best quarterback, let's be honest, he has a first-round pick, a wide receiver, and when yes, they're he all does. healthy in that wide receiver They can run core, the ball, too. That's a, They've been able to. <laughs> they figured, I think it was right at the USC game, which doesn't say much, but that continued. Yep. And that was the great yep. sign mm-hmm. because I think that was the question mark, like, hey, can they get four yards yep. when they need it to run You know, maybe some clock here? And they've been doing it ever since they went to LA, LA and scored 50-plus against the Trojans. They swarmed to the ball on defense. Oregon, average yards to go on third down in the Pac-12 tile game was 5.1, and they only converted third, three third downs. Right? Yeah. They just swarmed to the ball. Yeah. I think Washington set the tone with that first drive of that game. And they converted, they, converted, yeah. converted, Absolutely. converted. Took time converted, off the yeah. clock. Like this is going to be our yeah. game. Doesn't matter where it's played. Yeah. You can make. You can go ahead. Be a thirteen-point favorite. We don't care. We're the we're the better team tonight. How about Penn State and Ole Miss? I think that's going to be a fun game. That's the one I'm probably most. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think Missouri's really good. Like if this was a twelve-team playoff, nobody want to play Arizona or Missouri. I right? agree. But the opt-outs change things. Yeah. But I mean, they took Georgia to the wire in Athens. Yeah, that's right. This point spread movement, though, is just... What's George uh, going to do? Try to win by 40 in this game? To try to make a point? Actually, so, well, when he come that, <laughs> or <laughs> Or does uh, Kirby Smart take it easy when they're up 27 nothing late third quarter and say, like, I get it. If I was in that guy's spot, I'd be pissed off at the world. Or they might not score against their third team. They might not. They, they might get, what's the odds on them getting shut out? What's their... Yeah, that's... Yeah. I don't think they're going to score. You couldn't move it against Louisville. No. With the, and this the third string, yeah. Too. I mean, Louisville oh, did that nothing was outside of the ACC. That was a bad look for the yeah, ACC. Yeah. I yeah, agree. Like, that was awful. <laughs> so you, you would play, like, every alt that you could find on a team total yep. under Florida State. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense to me. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well, pal. Great B job plus. as always. We we'll go back-to-back to back A's. All right. Paul Charchi. for a month. On the show coming up next. <laughs> Does he like anybody as both teams have really strong defenses? We'll ask him coming up. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.